Hi everyone and welcome to the Draft Talk podcast brought to you by 99 Yards. It's part two of our first live mock draft. I'm your host Brian and I'm joined by our Draft Talk team, Owain, MJ and Stu. How are we doing guys? I'm doing very well Brian, pretty frozen up here today. Uh, minus 10 going to work this morning but other than that pretty wow. good. Oh, it was, it was tropical down here, it was minus, only minus 5 this morning. But really looking forward to the second half of this draft. Temperature's nothing like that here in my house. It's absolutely sweating. I've got the windows open because the partner <laughs> has got the heating absolutely blasting. But all good otherwise. Fantastic stuff. Uh, as mentioned, this is part two. Make sure you check out part one if you've not done already uh, of our last podcast to see how we went from picks one to 16. But without further ado, let's crack on up first with pick 17. It's Owain with the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, so I think with, um, with the Raiders... It, they, they really need help off the edge, first of all. But, well, if you haven't listened to, to part one of the podcast, this is the time to go back and listen to it because with Rizzo and Pay off the ball already, is there, a, Anne Phillips, is there a, a, an edge here that, that you want to take a chance on? Maybe not. So I would think the Raiders here would be thinking Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa out of Notre Dame, the linebacker comes safety. Um I think he's the perfect fit for the Raiders at the linebacker position. They're really missing that. They've got good linebackers, but a, a linebacker to fill that that middle linebacker role who can you know, drop down and play on the line of scrimmage, but also drop back at times and, and help out at safety. He's super physical, and I can see he's someone that, that Gruden is really going to um, buy into. And I think he follows the mould of what Mayock has been drafting uh, in terms of players who have got the right attitude. Uh, that we've seen in the last couple of years. Yeah, I've seen this be mocked as a, a pick to a lot, a lot of, lot of mocks. It just fits um, so well. Right, yeah, you're right with it with the fit for the player, and you're right with the mold as well. He comes comes from a, a big school, um, winning, um, and that's really what you, when you've seen in the last few drafts that um, Mayock and Gruden like the players from the big schools. They've drafted guys from Clemson, guys from Alabama, um, regularly. Um, so again. He fits that mould and he also fits a position of need. They threw a lot of resources at uh, linebacker in the offseason last year and it didn't really work out. They signed, they had Littleton, they had Raekwon McMillan. Um, there was someone else that they signed as well. Um, it's escaped my memory, but they, they had three linebackers that, that they brought over and it really never worked for them. So I think uh, adding that when there's no edge rusher that leaps off the board at, the, at 17, um, yeah, that, this pick really makes sense. I, I, I love this guy. I, I think he is he is fast. He shows great instincts to find the football. Um, and although although he's not the biggest guy, he hits really hard. Um, and I think it's a perfect fit for the Raiders. Great player. I was hoping he was going to drop a few more than this. But yeah, pleased to see him go to the Raiders. Good stuff. Up oh, next at 18, it's Miami. It's you, MJ. Okay. Sorry, Stu. This is this is your, your team, isn't it? Um, remember, remember, I gave you a good weapon with your pick for the Giants. Just remember that one. You, you did, and and, and there's a, there's a, there's, a, there's a real conflict now because I didn't think Devonta Smith's gonna gonna drop this far. So it's you know, do you go back to the the Alabama connection? So I am gonna go with an Alabama connection, but not that one. And I'm I'm gonna go to Miami's running game, and I think that would help Tua as well. And I'm gonna go Najee Harris, and um, I think he. He would be ideal for them. He's going to take some of that load. He's going to take some of that attention off Tua, which is really going to help Tua. Um, I think he's he's there for obviously Miami last year had had quite a committee of running backs, and it was it was almost a different 
starter, you know, every every week there. Um, and I think Harris has, has got all the qualities of, of becoming the lead back. And, and I think the secondary benefit there is for Tua. Yeah, um, I think I'd said on one of our 99-yard podcasts a while ago that Miami uh, lacked a thumper as a running back, which I think is what Harris could be for them. They had um, some good, quick, elusive backs who did really well for them last season. Miles Gaskin played well and um, Salvon Ahmed, but none of them have the, the physicality that Harris had. The, the guy that they brought over to potentially bring that um, didn't last very long and he was back on the Eagles pretty quick. Um, he didn't even last half a season. Um, and they brought in Matt Breida as well for a trade and he really had, had no impact whatsoever. So I could see this being a, a good fit for, for Miami. Um, what's, what's everyone else's thoughts on a running back this high? The committee for not drafting a uh, running back in, in round one is strong this year, isn't it? I don't know necessarily whether I, I like the value. I like the pick and I like the fit. I'm not sure particularly if I was drafting for any of these teams that I would be taking one in round one. Um, I think you can invest your um, your assets in you know into something else uh, here, whether it's you know a more important position, maybe a tackle or um, cornerback, something like that. Um, but the fit of, of Harris, I, I say he was probably the perfect fit in, in terms of the, the the top three running backs. You got Etienne and um, Dravonte Williams there as well. He's probably the best of the, of the three in terms of fit in in Miami. Um, I do think it's a little bit rich taking him here at eighteen. Um, but if you do really like him, then then why not take him here? Because he probably isn't going to be on the board by the next time you pick again. I think yeah. I think that's the fear. And 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 hey, you know, we took Barkley at two. What could go wrong? And I think I think that's right. If you identify someone that really is your player and that you think that's going to transform your your team, whether that's offensive or defensively, um, and you think you're not going to get him on your next pick, yeah, I, I can see I could see teams coming up and doing something like that. One thing I think does need to be mentioned, especially when we're not mentioning Devontae Smith here, is that we're forgetting that Miami was coached him at the Senior Bowl. And even though he didn't get on the field, he participated in interviews and he was around them all the time. Um, there's some quotes from um, from head coach Brian Flores, I've got his name there for a moment, um, saying that... You know, um, how well his interviews went with them. I think that that'll really help him. I wouldn't, I would be very surprised if, if Miami did pass upon him here, um, considering the fit with Tua and the fact that they know what they're getting from already having him um, on the roster at the senior level. Yeah, I like the pick. Like you say, it's not very, uh, not very trendy, is it, to draft a, a running back early? But Controversial, knows, I like mean, it. <laughs> I mean, look at Leonard, Leonard Fournette. He won a Super Bowl and he was an early round pick. Joking, obviously, because he got released. But, um, but yeah, we'll see. I, I mean, I like the pit. It's a great, it's a great fit. And like you say, he's a he's a very talented back. And yeah, I think he'll do well in Miami. Um, back to you, Stu. Washington Reds. Oh, Washington football team. I apologise. Should Sorry. But yeah, we're pick number nineteen. It's the Washington football team. Off you go, Stu. Okay, um, for Washington football team, when I was thinking about who I was going to pick for this team, um, I think you have to go offence. I think they've got a really good defence. They've got a good defensive front. Um, so I think they should put the resources into offence. Um, originally, um, before I was under the impression that MJ was going to pick Devonta Smith, so my pick was going to be um, guard, potentially at tackle, Elijah Vera Tucker. But um, now that Devonta Smith is available, he's going to Washington. 
Um, I think whoever is going to come in and play quarterback in the next couple of years, because it's not going to be Alex Smith long term, um, whoever, whether, however they choose to address that in the next couple of years, they would have a good weapons with Terry McLaurin and Devonta Smith and Antonio Gibson. I think that's a good situation to drop any quarterback into. So the fact that he's fallen, he's not going to fall any further. I'm picking Devonta Smith. You'd be running that pick in, wouldn't you? There's absolutely no doubt about it. If he's here, you, you take him. But we're speaking about quarterback. They've just signed Taylor Heineke to a two-year deal, paying him eight and a half million. So you don't need a quarterback. You've got Taylor Heineke. Why, why, why are we talking about that? I, I can't believe I've just helped Washington out. I didn't think that through at all. Yeah, I'm not liking all these these first round wide receivers going to uh, NFC East teams, but um, I do think it's that's the rise of the NFC East. <laughs> it might take a while. Up next is myself, uh, pick number twenty, the Chicago Bears, uh, and I was hoping that Devon Smith might fall because it'd be nice to for them to have uh, him paired with Robinson, but that's not going to happen. So I'm going to take Elijah Vera Tucker. From USC, give them some help up front. They've got all sorts of problems in Chicago, mainly the uh, the quarterback, but I don't think they're going to solve that with this pick. Um, who knows what they'll do with uh, Trubisky. Uh, but yeah, I think it helps them out up front. We'll help them run the ball. And yeah, I like the pick for the Bears. Yeah, I think he's a, he's a good player. He's played mostly at guard, but he did kick out to tackle for the, for the last year. So he has flexibility to move around the offensive line. And as I said, I was going to pick him for Washington until Devonta Smith fell into my lap. So really can't complain about anyone picking him here. Yeah, I think this is his range as well. Um, you know, we, we looked at tackles who, who have gone earlier. Um, could he potentially land at slightly earlier? Possibly. Could he go slightly later as well? Possibly. But, you know, these three picks, kind of Miami, Washington, um, um, Chicago, maybe even Indianapolis later on, the, that's probably the range that you're going to see him go. Who, who do we think he's going to be protecting? Who's going to, who's going to be throwing for Chicago next year? Is it Nick Foles? Are they, are they going to trade up? Are they going to go into free agency and try and get Wentz? It's tough being a Chicago fan at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, there's a lot of murmurings that they might be interested in Wentz. And I've, I've heard some things about potential future first-round picks rather than giving up this year's first-round pick for Wentz. Um, if if they do that, they've still got that pick there, but they may have to give up their first-round pick this year. Um, I'm not sure I would potentially, but if, if you need a quarterback, you need a quarterback. Yeah, who knows what they'll do. You, you're right. There might be no point putting an offensive line out there the way they're, uh, the way they're going. Uh, next, at 21, it's the Indianapolis Colts. Over to you, Owen. Yeah, so I think there's a couple of ways the Colts could go here. Um, you know, there's clearly a need at quarterback, but let's be honest, they're probably not going to get the one that they want here. Um, you know, Mac Jones is still on the board, but you know they've shown interest in uh, Matthew Stafford and Carson Wentz as well. So who knows what they do in that direction. Um, but I don't think they go quarterback here. They do need help off the edge. Um, with pending free agents, um, you know, the, the defensive front is pretty good, but they, they probably could do with getting after the, the quarterback a bit better. They've got free agents leaving a, a, a cornerback as well, and they've lost their starting left tackle to retirement, and that be Costanzo. Um, so with that in mind, I, you know, there's a thing going here with my picks, but I'm inclined probably to take a tackle. It, it's just a matter of which one um, fits the mould for you here. Just looking through who's available I think I'd probably take Samuel Cosme, the tackle from Texas. Uh, the reason for that, I look at the the, the, the tackles and the, the linemen that 
the Colts have drafted recently in terms of you know, um, you've got Quentin Nelson at guards that he's just just a wrecking ball, isn't he? And and Samuel Cosme has got that that upside to to, to be able to do it. Um, absolutely, probably one of the highest ceilings outside of, of Seoul in, in in this class. Um, there's probably no limit as, as as to what he could be if he adds a bit more weight. He's a powerful blocker. Um, you know, he's still going to put that weight on. He, he's got a strong anchor to help them in the run game, which they like to do uh, up in Indianapolis. So I think Cosme could be a good fit here, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's one of the many other offensive linemen available. I, I think it's a good fit. I think it's a need, as you say, uh, with the, the retirement there. And um, I think Cosme, there was a stat that he'd only allowed eight pressures out of 368 reps last season. Uh, good in pass protection. And I think it's a great pick. Yeah, there's some mocks where where you're not even going to see him in round one. But I look at what else is available, and although they're all good players, do they offer the the upside of a round one pick? Probably, but not as much as Cosme does. There, you could look back in a couple of years and go, "How did he get to 21? He could have been, you know, 15 to 10 instead." And it could be he could be a pick where the Chargers look back and go, "We should have picked him instead." Moving on, at 22, it's a Tennessee Titans. Over to you, MJ. Okay, back to defence. And it's interesting that I'm following an offensive tackle at pick because quite a lot of this uh, this round is is picking in those positions, isn't it? It's picking the, the offensive tackle and the edge rusher to go up against them. And I think there's one thing that the Titans need to do. It, it is get into that backfield uh, and get more, more of a pass rush going. And I'm going to pick Aziz Ojolari from Georgia. Great production, sacks, fumbles, great speed. He's, he's kind of an all-three-down guy. And, and there's versatility there. I, I think that's another thing that we might see in the first round is seeing some versatile guys, especially on defense, where they can either, you know, they can be on the line, they can be off the ball. And I, I think that he's really going to improve uh, the Titans' pass rush. Yeah, he's a player that I have noted on my shortlist for probably all of my next few picks um, as, a, as a potential fit for those teams, just for really, really the reasons that you, you've described. I think at this range, he's probably good value. He is is better than uh, um, some of the players that the Titans potentially could go for. Um, they certainly need pass rush. Jadavian Clowney was a bit of a flop signing for them, and I don't think that they're going to bring him back. So they do need someone to to pressure the quarterback. And I think that that's a, a good position to pick and a good player to go along with that, yeah. Okay, we pick number 23. It's the Jets. Over to you, Stu. Yeah, so the Jets with number two, they got the quarterback of the future, um, Zach Wilson, as MJ had selected for them. So there's a few routes I thought about going down for the New York Jets. There's different ways that, that you could go with this. Um, there is some wide receivers available as well that they could go down the route of. Um, again, could they pick up these guys later on? Possibly. So the pick I've gone for is someone that they can play on the opposite side from Big Mackay Becton. And I picked Jalen Mayfield um, for the right side of their offensive line. I think with a new offensive coordinator and if they have Zach Wilson playing as well, there's going to be a lot of, of running plays. There's going to be a lot of play action. And I think he's someone who's really good in the run game. And I think he would complement uh, Becton if they played them on opposite sides. So I think that that would be my pick. And using their later on picks for maybe some of the more skill position players that they could they could consider picking up there. Yeah, yeah, I like this one. Um, in 
my recent written mock-up on the site. Uh, I had running back um, ETN go in, go in here just because I think that they do need help there. But but I totally agree that the line is, is the way to go here. And, and I do like the, the, the fit of Mayfield as well. Um, he's one that the league is apparently really high on. I remember reading over the summer that some um, analysts had him ranked as uh, was one of the top ones, uh, just behind uh, just behind Saul with the, the resurgence of uh, of Slater and Darisol. Uh, they weren't even mentioned, so he's one that has been circling around this and uh, for a while. And I do think this is maybe his range. You know, he could be one that just go um, to Indianapolis and or just pick Cosme there, but he could be one that that ends up there. He could be one that, that ends up in the next couple of picks as well. So this is definitely his range. Uh, as Stu said, there it's, it's the run game that, that you're buying into him for. Yeah, he's an absolute beast in the run game. Um, the, the way he can uh, manoeuvre defenders is just that they just seem to stick to him. So um, I, I do think he'll go in round one. Um, I, I don't think he slips uh, outside and, and he's a good fit here for the running game for the Jets. Now it's me, pick number 24. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think I'm going to go with South Carolina cornerback J.C. Horn. Um, bit of a steal, I think. Most marks of them, sort of 12, 15 range. Uh, probably definitely the third cornerback, but uh, definitely a first-round grade talent-wise. Um, bit of a fit for them. They've got big questions on the, the offensive side of the ball with uh, what to do with Big Ben and people like J.J. Juju Smith-Suster entering um, free agency. But they're very good at picking sort of second, third round uh, receivers, aren't they, Steelers? So imagine they'll do that again and pick another blinder. Um, so, yeah, JC Horn, I think, is a good fit for them. And I think it's a bit of a steal at pick 24. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's, uh, as we said before, I think there's a drop off after this on cornerbacks. And I think this is a really good value pick. And as you say, yeah, the Steelers, let's face it, they're just going to pick another really great receiver in either round two or three, aren't they? So they, they can go cornerback here. Yeah, I, I think this is this is Horn's up floor if you like that I don't think that he can he can go any um any lower than this you, you could argue, so there's going to be some people that, that argue he's the, he's even the top corner in this class you're going to get those three in, in Farley sitting and um and Horn in a mixture of different ways so I really can't see him falling beyond this and it really wouldn't surprise me if you see him go in the teens as well because uh, I do think he's a better player than pick number 24 but if he's there then that is an absolute steal Okay, another team on their second pick. It's pick number 25, Jacksonville Jaguars. Off you go, Owen. Yeah, so this is my second pick for the for, for the Jaguars after picking Trevor Lawrence number one overall, shocker. And this, I feel, is actually quite a difficult one when you look at what's already off the board. They do need a cornerback. So if Horn was there, then, then he 100% would have been my pick. I'll look at what else they need. It's, it's probably going to be Lyman again. God knows how many linemen I've already picked in this in this first round already. But if you've drafted Trevor Lawrence, you look at what you know, the situation that he's been put into to succeed. He's been given time to to do what he needs to do, uh, whether that that's rolling out um, the run game to play off. He he needs a good pocket, as does every quarterback. Um, but he needs protecting. Which one again is going to be the issue? There's, there's a number of them here, isn't there? I'm inclined to throw a curveball out there. I'm going to go Dylan Reduns from NDSU, the North Dakota State. Now, he's one you're probably not going to see in the first round very often, but 
from Manchu's experience covering the, the senior ball, he is someone that Jim Nagy, who, who runs the, the senior ball, is really, really high on. Over the summer, he was banging the drum. He was even better than Saul. Now, that, that, is, that is rich, um, but he is a, a, a scout. He scouts these players, uh, and he has scouted for the, for the NFL in the past as well. So um, I'm inclined to think that we are maybe sleeping on Redunds a bit, uh, and why not? Let's do it. Let's go Redunds to, to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, he was a guy who really stood out when we were watching the Senior Bowl stuff. Absolutely. Um, he, he didn't get that much hype other than from Jim Nagy in the Senior Bowl. A lot of the analysts were high on the other players, um, maybe some of the flashier players. Some of the guys a bit more out there characters seemed to grab a lot more of the attention. But uh, Dylan Redunds was just solid in every drill during the game, everything you saw about him, there was, there was nothing you, you couldn't like about him. Um, and yeah, Nagy was really high on him and, and all the hype. Um, and there sometimes is just these players that you hear a bit from people who are in the NFL circles rather than the draft analysts and, and whatnot, who are high on players that maybe others aren't that tend to go high. And he certainly could be one of them. Just a, a quick shout out here uh, to you guys for all the work you did on the senior bowl. I thought that was really great. And, one of those unexpected consequences, one of those positive things that's actually come out of the situation that we're in, that you've got so much access to the players and, and being able to, to kind of be there virtually. Thanks, MJ. You can come again. You're invited <laughs> yeah, that next was, time. That was, a, that was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, road trip to Mobile next year, I think, boys. Absolutely. And of course, check out the website and Twitter for all uh, Stu and Owen's work on the senior bowl. It's fantastic. And next we have pick 26. It's the Cleveland Browns. Off you go, MJ. Thanks. Um, so I'm, I'm going to take the advice of uh, Mark Sessler from Around the NFL podcast, where he said uh, a couple of weeks back that the, the Browns should do exactly what the Panthers did last year and just draft defensive players. That's where they need to focus their efforts. Uh, and I'm going to go with the story. I'm going to go with Zavin Collins from Tulsa, linebacker from Tulsa. He was a high school quarterback, uh, has also played linebacker safety. He's actually got the speed of, of a, uh, the size of a defensive lineman, but amazing speed, moves so well, given, given that size. He, he's won the, the Bronco Nagurski um, trophy for best college defensive player of, of the year. That I think I was convinced when I watched a bit of footage where he, he makes an interception and then runs it back about 90 yards and for somebody who's 6'4 and 260 pounds, nobody got anywhere near him. Uh, and I think the Browns need help on defence. And I think this is a great place to start. Yeah, you look at players that have benefited from, from playing this year instead of opting out. And Zayvon Collins is you know, epitomises that because his stock has risen so much um, over this last season. You just look at his size. He, I, I think you're going to see this a lot because he fits what the Browns are, are looking to do. Uh, in terms of the direction they're looking to go with their defence because they do need help off the edge and he can offer that as well. He's maybe not going to be able to drop back and play safety like um, Jeremiah Usukuramoa is going to, but he's going to give you that that middle linebacker to to negotiate his way through the, the line of scrimmage. Um, I, I love the fit. I think he, he's really good here uh, and fits exactly what, what Cleveland are looking to do. I'm going to apologise to MJ because I said on our last pod that I was picking for the Browns um, and so I was talking absolute nonsense there. Um, 
So, yeah, I think, again, linebacker was the way to go here. And when you're looking at the Browns' defence, there was a couple of options, but Zayvon Collins is as good as any of them. Um, And I think that you could make an argument for a couple of other linebackers there, but, yeah, no arguments at all about that pick. And at number 27, it's Baltimore Ravens, and it's you, Stu. Baltimore, again, I think are a really difficult team to pick for. Um, they, they have some needs, um, particularly with potentially not returning Matthew Judon unless they, they sign him. So they do have a need um, at the edge. But this is a pick where I think I'm just going to pick something that's going to be a bit more fun. Um, they are all about speed, speed, speed on offense. So I think I'm going to give them uh, Kadarius Tony from Florida. I think that he would be uh, a fun pick. They, they, as they call, often call him the track team. Um, in Baltimore, and I think he would fit in with that. He's probably not the the biggest wide receiver, but he he's electric. He's really quick with the ball in his hands. He gives Lamar Jackson a quick out option, um, and not relying on him having to be accurate down the field. He can give it in short yard and let him run with it in his hands. Um, so yeah, I'm going to pick Kadarius Tony. Yeah, I, I agree. Wide receiver is probably the way to go here. My only question would be with, with Tony, who, who probably is one of the, the best receivers left on the board, is is he similar or does he provide you similar um, skills to what Marquise Brown does? Uh, and are you looking for more of that ex-receiver, um, that big-bodied guy who can go up and uh, and have contested catches and, and come down with the ball? Whereas, yeah, yeah, Tony can do that, but but you know his, his size is, is smaller than... Than, than some of the others available here. So that's, yeah. that's, that would be my only question there. Is, yeah. is he similar to Marquis uh, Brown? Um, but yeah, wide receiver definitely here. Yeah. I think my thinking behind that one was that um, the, the deep ball, I, I don't think Jackson is particularly accurate. Um, and I think they do use a lot, particularly around the red zone and, and contested catches, they use a lot of tight end sets. And I wonder if that's where they get their, their size, particularly with Mark Andrews and if they could... Um, in, increase on that and build around that room that maybe taking someone a bit smaller gives them that balance. Yep, at 28, it's me again, and New Orleans Saints. Another team, I guess, similar to the Steelers, going to have some big questions to make at quarterback and on offense and going to have to move some money about. But I think a really good fit for them with this with this pick in the first round is Nick Bolton from Missouri, the linebacker. And they've got that, that great defensive front and they need a bit of help behind that. And I think Nick Bolton will help them there. Um, got all the skills to make it as a pro he should fit in straight away um, and he'll help him out on the defence Yeah I think particularly when it looks like they're probably going to move on for cap reasons from Quan Alexander as well in their um, linebackers I think that that is a, an area that they could strengthen and with Demario Davis there as well I think that that's a, a good pairing that they could have um, and again he will be considerably cheaper than Quan Alexander and it's all about saving cash for the New Orleans Saints. So I think that that would be a good fit. Absolutely. I, I think he's he's pro-ready and he's a, a leader in waiting of, of the Saints defence for a few years to come there. Yeah, I think you look at the Saints, there's so much over the cap in 2021. It is ridiculous. So not only do they need to get younger, they, they need to get cheaper. Uh, and if I look at really where the holes are on that, um, on that roster. It, it's at linebacker, it's at corner and it's at safety. Um, so looking at what's available, then yeah, Nick Bolton is probably the, the best available um, or, or highest ranked player available at, at this point in, in those positions. Could this be a place where Mac Jones goes, though? Who knows? He is going to go in the first round, isn't he? P- people love a quarterback. 
Um, ooh, I don't know. It, it, it might tempt them. It might because they've got Winston. Are you going to roll with James Winston? Are you going to roll with Hill? Who knows? No, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it might add a little bit of. Sorry, it might add a little bit of of, uh, of sanity in the quarterback room putting Mac Jones in there because Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. That's a it's an interesting mix so far, isn't it? Maybe you need maybe you need a grown up in the room. Yeah, he won't be able to get a word in edgeways, will he? We can we can throw as much hate on Mac Jones as, as we like, but he's going in the first round, isn't he? And if if he doesn't go here, he's he's not going to go above here. So I, I can't see him being mocked to to anyone. He's going in the second round for us. But my my problem with Mac Jones is is probably his upside. That what he gives you now is is probably what he's always going to give you. Um, you know, he, again, like we were saying with, with Drew Locke on on the last podcast is. Yeah, he's he's probably going to be able to compete, but is he going to win it all for you? A bit like a, a Teddy Bridgewater, a Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe even Kirk Cousins. That you know, does this guy win you a Super Bowl? Probably not. You're not going to get that with Jones. But if you are going to draft him, you're going to have to draft him and have weapons around him ready to go. There's no point in going to somewhere like the Patriots, who you know they have nothing available for him. Whereas sorting him here with the Saints is a possibility because it is a situation where it, where he could succeed. You, know, you, you drop him in earlier. He, he's not going to. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if they took a shot here just because of the cap situation as well. I don't know how much they're paying James Winston, but well, we know how much they're paying Taysom Hill, which is an absolute ton of money. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if something like that happens here. You know, if you're after a, dev, a developmental quarterback, which I don't think the Saints would be because they've got that there in Winston, uh, then you, you're, you're better off waiting until later rounds and getting someone like Kyle Trask or, or Callum Mond. But if you want someone to slot straight in um, and make you compete, then I wouldn't be surprised if New Orleans took, the, um, took a shot here. Up next at 29, it's Green Bay Packers and you, Owen. Yeah, this is a difficult one, isn't it? Because even though they've been so successful, they, they they do have some holes, and I think we're beyond trying to guess what the Packers do in the first with the first round picks. Because let's be honest, they, they don't listen to any of us anyway. And, and depending on what, what your point of view is, you could you could probably argue that they wasted the first round pick last year in um, drafting quarterback um, Jordan Love uh, when they had so many other needs to fill. And here we are, what a year on, and they still have the exact same. Um, holes that, that they need to fill in terms of oh, they've neglected linebacker for for what f- feels like years. You could say exactly the same for the receivers. Um, you, you do need someone to, to go outside of Devontae Adams. You, you can't just re- rely on a bunch of undrafted guys every year and, and cross your fingers that, that Aaron Rodgers gives you what, what, he, you know, what he does give you. They also need a corner. That showed up in the game against Tampa Bay, didn't it? They were absolutely decimated by Tom Brady. Um, so, so I wouldn't be surprised if that if that was the pick um, pick either. I am going to give Aaron Rodgers what he wants. He's going to get a receiver, and I'm going to go for my guy Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. I absolutely love this guy. He's he's one that I am I'm super high on. Um, I'm, I'd be, I would maybe even be tempted to put him as maybe the, the third best best receiver because I'm not as high on Devontae Smith as, as some are. Um, he's, you know, he's in that three or four range. I don't see a huge drop off here. And my feeling is that the Bateman might be a forgotten man in this receiver class. You know, after opting out, then opted back in, and then he opted back out again. He, he hardly played in, in 2020. Uh, you look at his skill set, oh, he, he can do it all. I love his physicality. He's excellent in contested catch situations, and he even gives you some run after catch ability. 
So yeah, Bateman's my guy, and uh, I, I don't want any slander from him on this podcast, please. Um, but uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, why not give him what he wants? He's not happy. Let's, let's give him Rashford Bateman. I, yeah, I think he, so. I, th- I think so. I think, uh, yeah, Rodgers will be absolutely ecstatic with you for that one. And I think Rashad Bateman, he, he could be this year's kind of Justin Jefferson where everybody's got their eyes fixed on uh, Waddle and Smith and Jamar Chase. And actually, maybe at the end of next season, it's Bateman's figures, it's his yardage that actually it exceeds the, the rest of them who get picked, you know, five, ten places earlier. And I think he kind of fits a mould for a Green Bay wide receiver as well. He's slightly bigger than um, some of the other guys that are there as well. He's about, what, 6'2", six, 6'3", six, something like that. Um, he is good at contested catch. You see, he, he's not um, the fastest with the ball in his hands, but he's more than serviceable. You know, he's going to give cornerbacks and linebackers um, difficulty in catching him at times as well. Um, load up Aaron Rodgers and run it back again for another year. Yeah, with hindsight, it's exactly what they should have done last year. Um, but yeah, moving on. Uh, pick 30, it's MJ with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, so here, this this was tough because I, w- I was thinking in a couple of couple of different directions, looking at who they, they could be losing in free agency. Um, defensively, they could lose Matt Milano, uh, linebacker, which uh, which meant I w- I've got my eyes on Nick Bolton, but he's gone now. Um and so I'm probably looking on the O-line because, again, their strength is, is Josh Allen. So, again, let's put some more protection in there. They may well trade out of here. They may well trade out into the early into the second round. They lost a pick when they, they got Stefan Diggs. Um, they may do something to try and get a pick back in the, the second, third round, something like that. But um, as, we're, as we're just doing it, Straightforward here. I'm going with Wyatt Davis, guard from Ohio State. And I think that's just going to add um, kind of strength on strength, keep that O-line intact, keep Josh Allen uh, with time to, to pick pick other defences apart. Yeah, that, that's the exact pick that I would that I would make here. I think he's just such a, such a good fit. Uh, look at what, what Buffalo could get better at. Um, if, they're, if they're to be successful next year, and I think they need to improve on the on the running game. Now, some people just see that as you know, let's put a running back in here, let's put Etienne or or Javante Williams in here. But the running game is more than just a running back. You're you're going to need guards and tackles to run between. And um, Wyatt Davis is probably the the best um, guard um, in this draft. So I, I totally see this as as the right way to go for Buffalo. Fantastic. Getting to the uh, nitty-gritty of it now with your 31st pick. It's the Kansas City Chiefs and it's due. Yeah, I think there's one obvious pick here and it's uh, Mac Jones, quarterback. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> no, uh, the player that I think I'm going to pick here for was somebody, again, who really impressed me at the Senior Bowl. I think he's someone who will fit in well with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and I'm going to pick Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma. I think as an interior offensive lineman, he will give them... Uh, an upgrade whether he plays at centre or whether they do play him at guard he has ability I think to probably play at guard as well and we saw particularly in the Super Bowl the depth the Kansas City Chiefs uh, offensive line I think that their, their tackle positions are okay um, but I don't think there's a tackle obviously that I'm going to uh, jump for here and um, if they want to go that way they could go away a bit later on um, as well so I'm going to pick Creed Humphrey um, he's someone who shifts bodies 
He can move people around if they want to play in the running game. Um, and he will offer even more protection for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. He's your guy, isn't he, Stu? You, you love Creed Humphrey. Um, looking back at what we did at the Senior Bowl, Stu couldn't get enough of him. Um, and uh, it's, it's understandable to, to see why he he is the best centre in the draft. And I think he offers you more than than just what you see in terms of skills. I think leadership-wise, he's exactly what, what Kansas City will want on that line. Um, you, we saw him... Um, at the senior bowl and he was directing people about he was he was in the mix on everything even if he wasn't lining up he was there standing and telling them what to do so he's the exactly the type of guy that if you're going to pick a center in round one this is this is one that you want yeah i think um if, if they do decide to play that center which i think is probably his best position that's what he's played all the time again he would probably be a serviceable guard as well if they need that but i think i'm um, a developing relationship between him and patrick mahomes over the years, um, I think we saw when, when Peyton Manning was at the Colts, he had the same centre for a long time and that developed into a really good relationship. We could see the same here for many a year um, for the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I think the Chiefs will pick with a, a Super Bowl hangover in mind and, and that will be one of two things. They'll either try and get quicker on their, their pass rush, find their own Devon White, but they're not going to find it here at 31. So they're, they're definitely... I could be looking at that O-line, and that's that's a great pick. Um, and after Mahomes' comments about his O-line in that interview the other day, um, I'm sure he'd be he'd be behind this pick as well. Yeah, and I think Kansas City are losing their starting centre to uh, to free agency as well. And also, they could re-sign him if they, if they wanted to. Austin Reiter, um, you know, if if he does decide to play elsewhere, then they do have a hole there at centre. So, um, yeah, Creed Humphrey is is absolutely the spot on pick here. And then to finish us off with. Sorry, go on. I was going to say I wasn't. I wasn't going to let him get into the second round. There was no way I could. could he's fine, but he's not. And finishes off with the thirty-second pick. It's of course a Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. As we've all seen Sunday night, they really uh, dominated on the defensive front, and I think this is another pick that's going to help that. It's the fifth Alabama Crimson Tide member. It's defensive tackle Christian Barmore. Um, I think he's the best player left on the board. Um, sort of like I say helping their strength he might lose a few from the defence this year to free agency maybe Shaq Barrett maybe Levante David um, and it's just building that strength and like I say I think he's the best player remaining and he's going to fit right in and, and they'll keep dominating on the defensive front Yeah I think that's a, a nice pick particularly because they've got another one of my favourites Vita Vea playing um, at, at defensive tackle um, they still have Ndama Kung Su probably will come back for another year Barrymore will be a nice player to bring in into that rotation with the with the idea that over time Sue's faded out and then Barrymore just steps into his his slot um, and keeps a strength for the for the Buccaneers. Yeah, yeah, I think it's strength on strength, isn't it? I think it's a great pick, and you're right. He's it, it, you're at that point where you want best best player off the board, um, and that's Barrymore. Yeah, our defensive tackle is there probably the the number one need at, at this point I know they could probably you know wouldn't be would you be surprised if you saw a receiver here because who knows where they go at receiver because they've got some free agency and some expensive free agents at that about to hit the market um Sue's probably going to cost them some money if they want to re-sign him so if, if they choose to sign a receiver instead of Sue then I could see Barmore fitting in here and uh, you know aside uh Vea, I, I think I think that's a, that's a very good pick well, there we are, our first ever live mock draft. How do you find that, guys? It was really great. It was a lot of fun to do. 
Yeah, I think this is something that we'll we'll revisit um, between now and April, and uh, be interesting to see how that progresses as the draft process moves forward. Whether we whether we stick to our guns and stick with the same guys, or whether that moves around, um, be interesting to see. Yeah, there were some shock picks there as well, wasn't there? there were some some players there that we weren't expecting to turn up, and especially at, at certain spots, some players that that fell as well. No Mac Jones, I, I wasn't expecting that. Um, I thought he might might have gone somewhere, and we're expecting him to. But uh, he's he's the one that that stands out as uh, as the one that, that isn't here. Um, but some some really good fits there. Uh, Bateman in, in Green Bay, um, Bolton in New Orleans is is a, is a good one as well. So some really good fits there. So I, I'm happy if 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 that's the the draft that we get come April, then uh, then I'll be very very happy. Yeah, we'll see. We've obviously got a bit of free agency before then, so we'll uh, we'll no doubt do another one. I certainly enjoyed it. And how is it for you listening? Let us know on our Twitter, at 99yards. We'd be very interested to hear your thoughts and feedback on our first mock. That's it. Thank you. Hope you enjoy the podcast and we'll join us next time for more Draft Talk. Thanks for listening.